Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Off the Record with Mackenzie Tippett. If you're new here, hi, hello, and welcome. This is the first episode of the second season here at Off the Record. Today, we are going to be talking about all things football. Bowl games that went down last weekend. Not all of them because I didn't watch all of them. And also, some of them were kind of irrelevant and they don't need to be talked about. Let's be honest here. Um, I'm going to be talking about my hot takes with that. Some of my, you know, player opinions and just overall, you know, just what could have gone better and what went terribly wrong. Along with that, we are going to be discussing the college football championship that is going to be taking place between Alabama and Ohio State. My predictions and my thoughts as well as along with that, because the two finalists for the Heisman this year are both on Alabama's football team, what I think about those players and who I think will end up getting that trophy. So I am so happy that you are here. Let's jump right into it. On every episode, I like to do a week recap of what's happened since we last talked and since I last uploaded an episode. We are officially now a week into 2021, and we've already kind of been on a whirlwind. Kim and Kanye have not, they haven't announced that they're getting a divorce, but there are speculations that they are getting a divorce. And the reason behind it is not only a long-going separation between them, because apparently they've been living separate lives and yada, 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 um, but also that Kanye cheated on Kim with Jeffree Star, which I can't even picture to begin with. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense at all. But then again, I heard that Jeffree Star moved out to Wyoming and he tweeted something really suspicious that said, ready for Sunday service. But I mean, I'm not going to believe anything until Kris Jenner herself says something about it because she she is the queen bee of of of, of the, all that that whole family and everything so until the queen momager herself christian comes out with something i'm not believing it second of all something went down at the capitol i don't know if you heard about it but some ki- some leash kids decided to um go up and you know vandalize the capitol because they were they thought they were tough stuff. They literally walked in there though like it was they were on a school tour of the Capitol, a field trip. And not to mention the security guards literally opened the gate and let them walk up the stairs. They were taking selfies with them inside and then also safely escorting them down the stairs afterwards. I get you don't want anybody to really get hurt, but also let's look at the, if anybody else were to go into the Capitol. We all know that things would have been different. I'm just saying, I don't care who you support. You know it, and I know it too. And if you don't know it, um, open your eyes. Anyways, um, secondly, I watched The Dirt last night on Netflix. And if you need any Netflix recommendations, by the way, I I know them all. I know them all. But The Dirt, I watched it last night, and it's based on Motley Crue, the rock and roll band. MGK's in it, and he plays Tommy Lee, um, and Pete Davidson's in it. And it was a really good movie. If you don't mind the crude topics of like drug, sex, and alcohol, I think it was one of the better movies that I've seen in a while. Uh, very honest and based on a true story. Really good stuff. I'm probably going to rewatch it again tonight. And then also, we're supposed to get snow tonight where I live. That's really exciting because it's been really cold. And every time it gets really, really cold, all I think to myself is, okay, if it's going to be this cold, it needs to be snowing. And so right now we're under a winter warm, winter warm, winter storm warning, and I really hope we get some snow. Even though I'm going to be on side inside tomorrow on my computer, regardless for orientation for school. Anyways, that's my week recap. Let's hope that 2021 does not, you know, continue to go on the sideways route, and you know, let's let's hope that it's a little bit 
you know, on the uphill now. Let's let's hope it gets more on the uphill. So now let's jump into th- today's topic for real football. Okay. Like I said, I will not be covering every single bowl game that went down last weekend, but I will be covering four that are relevant to me. Two of those being the Rose and Sugar Bowl games, which required a winner in order to narrow down who would be playing in the National College Football Championship this year. First off, we are going to be talking about the Gator Bowl. The North Carolina State Wolfpack took on the University of Kentucky Wildcats. Then we are going to cover the Orange Bowl, the University of North Carolina Tar Heels versus the Texas A&M Aggies. Then we are going to talk about the Sugar Bowl, Clemson versus Ohio State, and lastly, the Rose Bowl game, Alabama versus the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. So let's go ahead and talk about that Gator Bowl. With the kickoff time set for noon Eastern Standard Time, this past Saturday, January 2nd, the University of Kentucky Wildcats took on the North Carolina State Wolfpack. And not because I'm partial to NC State and I wanted them to win or anything, you know, not like I go there or anything, you know, but also because North Carolina State was ranked and the University of Kentucky was not, I and people of the general public would expect of to the untrained eye for North Carolina State to win. However, despite having a better overall season record of eight and four compared to the Kentucky five and six, we have to remember what conferences these teams are in. North Carolina State, a member of the ACC, they are n- like not really a member. Like ACC, it's not known for football powerhouses. Meanwhile, the University of Kentucky, they are a member of the SEC conference, which we know constantly like produces and is known for football powerhouses like Alabama and Georgia. So with that being said, the University of Kentucky is throughout their season facing and competing with these teams that have an overall fantastic program like like Alabama. And they're they're used to going up against people where they have to buckle down and they have to play with a sense of urgency in order to win or attempt to win, put points on the board, whatever you, what, what have you. Meanwhile, at North Carolina State, the only team that they could play that could be comparable would be Clemson. That's the only one in the ACC that would be considered a football powerhouse. I'm sorry, North Carolina Tar Heels, you're not a football powerhouse. I know you have Mac Brown back and this is, you know, the second season and you're with him back and you're and they're working on it and it could potentially become a, a a school with both a basketball and a football powerhouse but that's just really not the case right now so it's not something that you you could consider but you know when it came down to it the final score of 23-21 the the Wildcats winning it, it's it's better than i thought and also but also i mean i was a little bit disappointed because of the expectation, my personal expectations, but the overall expectation was for Kentucky to win by the general public in general. Um, just overall, everybody in analyzing this pregame uh, because of their conference and who they normally go up against in the season. Kentucky putting up points early on in the game with a field goal in the first half, then it followed by a, another touchdown and a field goal in the second. I mean, second quarter, first half, first quarter, second quarter. Excuse me with a total of 13 points in the first half. Wolfpack didn't even put any points on the board in the first half. And to be honest, their defense, what their both their offense and defense were not present in that first half. Guarantee you they went into the locker room and coach went down on them and said, hey guys, we need to buckle down if you want to have a chance of winning this thing at all. And, and then they came back and were able to do that. And they put up a short front for a while in the third quarter, putting up seven, putting up seven points and 
not allowing Kentucky to score anything in that third quarter. But then they let their guard down again, thinking, okay, that was enough, which it wasn't. They didn't play with a sense of urgency after that. The only time that the Wolfpack even bothered, I feel like, to put in enough effort to be competable in a bowl game was during the third quarter. During the fourth quarter, both teams put up a lot of points, to be honest with you. It's late in the game. I guess they were tired. I don't know. But I'm not trying to say that, you know, like football's not hard because obviously I've never played. But at the same time, you're in a bowl game, and if you really, if you're competing that hard, and as you should be, I feel like that many points late in the game like that was like something that was attributed to something else in which it was. The Wolfpack putting up 14 points in the Wildcats, putting up 10 with a final score of 23 and 21, as I've said. However, call it what you will. Be a big fan. Say Bailey Hawkman's the star of the show. Say that AJ Rose, who ran for a career high of 148 yards, was the star of the show. I don't think so. The overall star of the show, in my opinion, was Ego because every single couple of minutes, every time a flag was thrown, it like I feel like it was a poor sportsmanlike, unsportsmanlike conduct, you know, her, something along those lines. Because, and that's unfortunate to see out of two teams that have come to that have um, made it the, to a bowl game, and especially Kentucky because this is their third consecutive bowl game, third consecutive bowl game victory, and I feel like you know even though North Carolina State this isn't a bowl game that you know is is it, bowl games aren't normal for them they are not a consistent football team I feel like it, the least you could do is put up um you know be a good sport be, show good sportsmanship that's like the I feel like that's the basic borderline most easy thing you can do as an athlete and I'm not just you know saying that as somebody who's never played sports I've played sports before and I've had my fair share of times where I wasn't showing sportsmanlike conduct but it was never to the point where like and it should never be to the point where you, like it feels like every call is about your sportsmanlike conduct and, and that it and that it is being unprofessional and and just juvenile. So, regardless of all of that, it really I feel like came down to possession time and turnovers in order to determine how many points they could put up, as well as the lack of defensive effort. The University of Kentucky had zero turnovers, whereas North Carolina State showing three. And ultimately, that's going to give Kentucky way more possession time and time to do whatever they want with the ball, allowing them to rack up those yards of, of 380 and, you know, keeping the ball in their hands for like 30, 34, 35 minutes. And meanwhile, you're, you're, you're literally, they hand, they handed it away. There was a, there was a late hit to, to Bailey Hawkman um, later on in the game, which, you know, was maybe a point of saving grace for the for the Wolfpack, but ultimately I just don't think they put up enough effort and I don't think there was enough consistency throughout the game, which honestly consistency is not a word I was ever, I would ever use to describe the NC State Wolfpack football team. Um, they're getting there. This was their like the most winning season by a coach. Um, I just think there's a lot to work on there and it's it's a program still that has it needs to be built up. I think there but overall I think one of the largest things that was a problem was definitely sportsmanship and and sportsmanlike and sportsmanlike conduct especially University of Kentucky not only because they are a returner and a constant, you know, name in bowl games but also because their coach prides and and has said it that my my team is respectful my team we pride ourselves on sportsmanship but his his players didn't meet up to that. Um, to that expectation at all. And same for the Wolfpack. Um, but, you know, starting off, it seemed like a little, I was like, okay, states definitely, they're not going to put up any points. But luckily, they ended up putting up some points in, this, in the third and fourth quarter. 
unfortunately not enough to win against the University of Kentucky Wildcats. Do I think that we'll see Kentucky next year and the and a bowl game? Yes. NC State Wolfpack, again, consistency, not a word I would use with the program, but maybe. So it's a toss-up. Now to talk about the Orange Bowl, the Texas A&M Aggies took on the North Carolina Tar Heels. And to be honest with you, I don't think the points difference for the final score should have been that should it should not have been that drastic. Um, however, there were four members of the North Carolina Tar Heels offense that decided to skip out on the bowl game out of fear of injury and in preparation for the draft, which um, I 100% do not agree with. I don't think it should be a trend that should be started. I think if you're if whenever you join a team and you in just that season, what's your goal for the season? You want to play as, as as well as you can to get to a bowl game to get to that col- the college championship if you're good enough, and why are you playing if you're not going to go to that bowl game? It doesn't make sense to me. I know you want to make a lot of money in the NFL and you're afraid of injury. You could have gotten injured in literally any other game. What's one more? Maybe I'm speaking out of like sheer, like just um, aloofness. I don't know, but I feel like they're, they, they should have been present. And that's ultimately what caused the North Carolina point deficit against the Aggies here. Um, but in the in the first two quarters, though, these teams did look identical in terms of what kind of points they were putting up in the first quarter. Texas A&M putting up one touchdown, UNC a field goal. And then in the second quarter, both teams putting up 10 points. And there's something about ACC teams and going into the locker room at halftime and putting up good defense in the third quarter because they did not the University of North Carolina Tar Heels did not allow the Aggies to score any points in the third quarter, and they squeaked out a touchdown. However, in the fourth quarter, I guess they thought the third was good enough, but it really wasn't because they allowed the Tar Heels allowed Aggies to score a, a an, an absurd amount of points, twenty four points in the fourth quarter, and meanwhile they barely managed to make a touchdown very late in the game um, with a final score of 41 to 27. I really do think that when you take out four key players from the offense, such as Chaz Surratt, um, Demi Brown, Michael Carter, and and Devontae Williams, I think that Devontae Williams, excuse me, I think that you are going to lose your rhythm and you're going to lose the dynamic that is normally present on the field. I feel bad for Sam Howell. He's a great kid. He's a great player. Um, 234 yards he put up in this game, three touchdowns, only one interception. I mean, and typical, I mean, against these two teams and what we see trend-wise trend when SEC teams play ACC teams, those SEC teams, like we've said, are used to playing those football powerhouses, whereas the ACC is just really not known for it and they don't compete regularly with those types of teams. I think when you take out those dynamic players that are normally part of the offense and you try and put in people who, yeah, they're good, but they're not normally there, you're going to see a, a deficit and because they're, they haven't built up that constant rhythm and, and, and just working with each other like, like the first string normally has in those, in those key players. Um, UNC Tar Heels also gave up on with one turnover. And with that, we know possession time changes and, Ultimately, Texas A&M had more possession time, and with that, more yards, more attempts to put points up on the board, and that's what they did. Do I think you'll see both of these teams back next year for a bowl game? Absolutely. I think the North Carolina Tar Heels will continue to build up their program with Mac Brown, and I think that hopefully as long as this trend of people skipping out for of bowl games, as long as that does not continue, they will put more points up on a board on the board next year, depending on who they play. I think they'll definitely come back stronger and better next year. Um, Sam Howell continues to get better. Hopefully he does not plateau next season. There's always a fear of that with the junior year. Um, it, it always seems that you know they come in as fresh – 
like a lot of people and a lot of people, a lot of players come in as freshmen and yeah, they're small and they, they're good, but then they, they have this giant leap up to their sophomore year where they get bigger and they get stronger and they're smarter about the game and they, and they perform much and marginally better than they were doing their freshman year. But then they sort of plateau and, and let's hope we don't see that with Sam Howell here. He's got, a, he, I mean, he's, there's a lot of potential there. And with, with the Aggies here, it's like they're, Fourth or fifth year with um, their fresh coach, I would say. I think four years is is, is still a new coach, and um, they're continuing to get better with an overall nine and one record for this past season. I think you'll definitely see them again in a bowl game. Um, but now let's go ahead and talk about the Sugar Bowl: Clemson versus Ohio State. Now to talk about the Sugar Bowl, where the Clemson Tigers took on the Ohio State Buckeyes. This game should have gone a completely different route than what it what it went the Clemson Tigers going in with number number two seed 10 and 2 for their final record of the season and the Ohio State Buckeyes going in with the number three seed 7 and 0 part of the Big Ten big it's Big Ten ACC matchup here I feel like these two conferences are very comparable I I feel like there was a similar playing field here and the point deficit should not have been at at 21. It really should not have been that that big of a difference. The final score, the Ohio State Buckeyes with 49 points, the Clemson Tigers with 28. Both teams were putting up the exactly the, the same amount of points every single quarter except for the second quarter. The Clemson defense and offense both totally absent in that second quarter, allowing the Ohio State Buckeyes to score 21 points. Going into this game, there wasn't a large favoring though because of not only because of their close standings with seeds but also just I feel like because they were I mean they're both just generally good teams going in with Clemson with barely a barely any favor by a 0.6 margin and I've heard different things about people saying that 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 Trevor Lawrence intentionally wanted to lose this game in order to change his standings in the draft however I feel like there could have been a blowout and he still would be the number one pick i don't believe that in the slightest. Um, I think that honestly, it, I mean, it was his last chance. It was Trevor Lawrence's last chance to show up and show out for a championship, and he just didn't do it. I Justin Fields went out with an injury half part of the way through the game with his hip, and he came back in and he and he continued to put points up on the board. And he, and I mean, that's I feel like he he will flourish for sure, and in his in his future days, and where and what happens with him, I think he'll definitely go far in the NFL. Trevor just I I just really don't know what happened with him. That was like the worst game I've ever seen him play personally. I know there's he's lost other games and been rocked before, but I just like I there was something about it that definitely seemed off. And then in the locker room, he I mean, granted he he was he, he did, you know, lose, but I just I don't feel like he was putting it through the amount of effort that he should have. Then again, I'm just one little person saying that. Um, Ohio State having one turnover, Clemson having two. We know what that results in. Ohio State having the majority of the possession time, running for 639 total yards, Clemson 444. There's not a lot to say here except for that second quarter is really where Clemson messed up. And that's also where, you know, they got that that – their defense got that targeting call and one of their key defensive players got taken out. And that's, I mean, that is what, that's what caused the, the hip injury for fields. And there's between the offense, not showing up in the second quarter and just 
I feel like could have put out more. And the Ohio State defense is huge. The targeting call and just not putting out enough effort. I really wanted the Clemson Tigers to win, but they just didn't pull through and they didn't do it. However, we both know these teams will be back again for a bowl for bowl game next season. Clemson Tigers. However, I'm I don't know. I I I'm hesitant to say actually now that both teams could be back for a, a second a bowl game next year. Clemson, they're losing Trevor Lawrence. Who's coming in? I'm not sure, but I don't. I don't. I. I'm. I'm hesitant to say if they'll be back for a bowl game, but I know for sure that Dabo Sweeney will continue to run a really great program over there. And no matter who comes in, I feel like he'll 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 help them improve, and they'll definitely be, still be a relevant standing in the football in the football world. And even before Trevor Lawrence came into the scene, though they were relevant, Dabo Sweeney just a, running a really good program there down there in Clemson. And I think Trevor Lawrence just helped bring them up to. Um, to the to the stage you know he was he's like football's golden boy um however he did say some questionable comments after the ohio state game that were just really uncharacteristic and it was brought up in the in the press meeting i don't remember the exact the exact wording but something about something something and i could still bait your mom and i don't know how marissa felt about that but i just that was very i very unexpected to hear about him and just very uncharacteristic as well i get the trash talk but like i don't know there's something about that just i just trevor anybody but trevor lawrence could have said that and i would have been like oh yeah whatever but trevor lawrence saying that i was like not touched on jesus touched on jesus did not just say that <laughs> but anyways um ohio state though i will say is just one of those teams who's the fan base i cannot stand their pretentious as hell the ohio state book guys okay get over yourself you're average um but I do hope that they win in, against Alabama in the national championship. We'll get in that, into that after we cover the Rose Bowl next. Despite Trevor Lawrence leaving the Clemson Tigers and inevitably going first pick and first round pick in the draft, I think that Clemson will still be a, a very key team nationally and just conference-wise as well in the ACC because there are still some very, very talented um Offensive players such as Braden Galloway. Shout out to my favorite TikTok couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Braden Galloway. Um, he, yeah, he, there's there's plenty of really amazing people and team team members still there. Trevor Lawrence obviously does not carry the team, but he the quarterback is where the execution of the play begins. So, with that being said, let's talk about the Rose Bowl now. Down in Arlington, Texas at the AT&T Stadium, the Rose Bowl between the Alabama Crimson Tide and the Notre Dame Fighting Irish took place. Notre Dame, you know, I feel like they needed a an a, a little a little humility to happen to them. I needed they needed to be humbled and the Alabama Crimson Tide did just that. Going in Alabama number 1 seed, no surprise there with 12 and 2 12 and 0 record for the season, excuse me. And the Notre Dame Fighting Irish with a number 4 seed, 10 and 2. Again, this is the second game to determine who would be in the college football championship. No surprise here. Alabama won 31-14. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish, even though their record and everything said they deserve to be there, I think that they are one of the cockiest teams in football, and they really just didn't deserve to be there. Alabama can be cocky all they want. I really don't care because they are good, and they are constantly cranking out like – absolute units on their defensive line and cranking out, you know, absolute units for their receivers and and their tight ends. And so it's just the fighting Irish just needed to pipe down a little bit, you know, 
they won against Clemson and that gave them a very large ego boost that was not needed. Oh my goodness. But the only reason they won that game was because Trevor Lawrence had COVID. And so they they really did have the luck of the Irish there. It wasn't by it wasn't because of skill. Um this game for Notre Dame, very hit or miss. Every other quarter, they were either score- scoring seven points or they were scoring nothing. Alabama c- consistent across the board, tapering off towards the end with a comfortable lead of thirty uh, of thirty one to fourteen. Um, the final score, Alabama putting up an easy and quick fourteen points in the first quarter, seven se- seven points in the second quarter. Coming back after that, after halftime, didn't allow the Irish to score anything in the third quarter, and you know. Only allowing allowing a touchdown in the fourth quarter and and another touchdown in the second quarter for the Irish. That I mean, that's all I can really say about them. They didn't. The Irish just really didn't deserve to be there. It was no surprise that Alabama would come out with this win. Um, They going into it, it was an eighty one percent favor for the for the Alabama Crimson Tide. The 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 quarterback server did have some comparable um, stats here. Book for for Notre Dame um, throwing two hundred twenty nine yards and Jones throwing two hundred ninety seven. Very comparable stats here. Notre Dame with only one turnover, and we know what that means. However, we know this about Alabama. They don't have to have what typically a lot of football teams need to have is the is the increased time possession in order to execute plays on the field, put those points on the board. Alabama is not that team. Even though, um, even though the Notre Dame had one turnover, Alabama had zero. Alabama did not need that increased time in order to put more points on the board. They were able to execute regardless, and Notre Dame actually had more possession time. But because we know how strong that Alabama defense is, they didn't, they, the Notre Dame increased possession time didn't do squat for them. And Alabama is, is, is a true testament to, even though you can have more possession time, that doesn't mean that you're going to you're, it's 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 ultimately what you do with your time that will determine your standing on the field and in the and and in the and in the your plays and how well things go for you. Um, overall total yards three hundred seventy five for the Notre, for Notre Dame and for the Crimson Tide four hundred thirty seven. You know something that I think is very interesting is that Nick Saban, Coach Saban, he never looks excited to be there. I feel like this is a, I mean, it's a team too that is very comfortable with this stage. They've been here countless times and Notre Dame is just really not that team. They're not used to playing on, I mean, j- at least recently, they're not used to playing on this stage of being in the in the final four for the, um, for the college football championship. I think just, and like I said before, they are a very egotistical team, whereas you know, Alabama, they could be egotistical all they want, but they're not going to get jittery and they're not going to get scared when they step on that field. And they're, they're not going to let anything get the best of them. And they typically don't because they are used to coming here. This is normal for them. What's not normal is is losing in this in this in this position. This is to them, I feel like not even a bowl game. It's considered, OK, we're going to be here and then we are going to be at that championship. It's very uncommon for them not to be. No doubt in my mind, Alabama will definitely be back for another bowl game next year, if not the championship as well. Notre Dame fighting Iron. I don't think they will. I think they'll go to the bowl game, but I definitely don't think that. I, I mean, there's the possibility, but I definitely do not believe that they will be back to be um, in one of those top four seeds. Just, just overall, I they're they're they literally luck of the Irish this season, and there's nothing more to say about that. Now let's talk about Heisman and the Saban effect. All right, all right, all right. Let's talk about the Heisman now. 
I do think it's a little odd, and it's because I'm just suspicious. It's for no reason other than that. Not that the players weren't capable or worthy of being on in being a finalist for the Heisman Trophy in 2020, but um, I'm very suspicious because. I'm just that way. And it, it's a little odd to me that two of the four finalists um, are players from Alabama. But, you know, here we are. Here we are, you know. Um, so the final four were Kyle Trask, quarterback for Florida, Mac Jones, quarterback for Alabama, Trevor Lawrence, quarterback for Clemson, and Devontae Smith, wide receiver for Alabama. Overall, Devontae Smith was in first place in order to win, and he did. And he this past Tuesday, he was announced as the Heisman winner of 2020 slash 2021 because it's 2021 now. Um, you know, I just I just I feel like there's a Saban effect not only with Heisman but just in general. I think that I think that Nick Saban has a, a charm on just anybody involved with football right now. I don't know why I it's and it's, I'm saying this purely out of suspicion and be that's literally it because he's, I don't know. I think he's just like, he like put, he smiles or something and they're like, Oh my gosh, it's Nick Saban. Coach Saban will do anything for y'all. But no, with all regards, Mac Jones and Devontae Smith are both really, really talented and they deserved, you know, every piece of, you know, of, of recognition that they got. But anyways, congratulations to Devonte Smith. Um, however, I do not agree with the announcers who said that the, he is the best football player America has seen in the last decade. I don't remember the guy's name who said it, but, uh, buddy, that's a very, 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 uh, large comment to make bold, bold, bold move, cotton, bold statement. Okay. Anyways, let's talk about my predictions for the college football championship. I don't know. Okay, I've, part of me wants to say I want Ohio State to win purely because Devontae Smith got the Heisman Trophy this year. Um, but with just knowing myself and how much I really just don't like. Okay, here's the thing though: is I never have a team that I'm. I'm. Ne I never have a team that I'm pulling for. I always just have certain players that I keep an eye on and who I think are. I just want them to do very well, and I want Justin Fields to do well. I want Devontae Smith to do well. I really don't care about Mac Jones. He's good, but I don't like care about seeing how he performs um yeah that's it i really just dang okay well here, here's what i want here's what i want here's what i want i want Devonte smith to have hmm, i want Devonte smith to put up at least three touchdowns i want him to run in three touchdowns i want him to catch three touchdowns and i want Justin Fields to throw this is gutsy here. I want him to do 300 yards. That's really gutsy. That's really gutsy. I know. I know and it's probably not going to happen. Definitely probably won't happen. No, okay. Well, we'll we'll change that. We'll go down to like no, 300. Okay. I'm keeping it at that. But against Alabama it's probably going to be like 200. So 250. Okay. That's what I want. And I have no other Nothing other than that to say about that, though. Um, right now, there's not much of a difference right now on who's favored, which is weird. I, mm, okay, yeah, you guys are just listening to me drag this out now, but I definitely want, um, I, I, I definitely want those, both of those players to do well. I really don't care who wins. I think 
that Alabama will win. Okay, no, here's my full full out game prediction thoughts and final score. So I think that easy on Alabama is going to roll in and the Ohio State defense will not will not be ready for the shock in the first quarter. Second quarter, I think they'll go, they're going to put up a good fight, and I think the score scoring game on both on both ends in that in the second quarter is going to be very very um similar. Third quarter, I feel like the Ohio State will still the Ohio State Buckeyes will still be putting up a good front defensively, um, and then and and offensively, I think they will do well in in that quarter and. But I, I, knowing how Alabama plays, they're they're going to be consistent throughout, and I feel like, um, without without a doubt, I think that their largest point deficit will be in the second will be in the second or third quarter. So I'm going to go. I'm going to I'm going to go third quarter. This is where the where is where um, Alabama won't score the majority of their points, and then they will crank it back up, and the Ohio State defense will get tired in the fourth quarter. Alabama is going to show out in the fourth, ultimately winning probably by two touchdowns at least. Um, yeah, I think that that's my full prediction. I think that there will be, and I I don't think there's going to be a targeting call. I think there's going to be injury. I think, I think, um, defensively Alabama is going to take some players out, um, on the off, on the offense for Ohio state. And we're going to end up with a usual national championship win and an, and a seventh win for Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. That is my final cap off prediction for the college football championship a final score i'm guessing mm. let's go hmm. hold on okay so here's my final prediction i have two it'll either be 27 to 38 or it will be 27 wait no i'm changing it I have three final predictions, 27 to 38, 30 to 38, or 27 to 41. I think it'll be my final one. I think it'll be 27, 41, Alabama. And that's that's my final prediction for the college football championship. Who's going to win? All right, everybody, that concludes today's episode of Off the Record with Mackenzie Tippett. Hope you enjoyed it. Next week's episode is going to be all about wisdom teeth. I'm getting my wisdom teeth out a week from today, so the 14th, and it's my first surgery. I'm kind of nervous, but also kind of excited to see what happens when I'm on all loopy and on loopy gas. Hopefully it won't be boring, but also I'm kind of scared about what I'm going to say. The first half of the, ep- half of the episode is going to be me pre-surgery talking about how I think it's going to go, and then afterwards I'm going to give you the spiel of how it went. I will talk to you guys next week, and I hope you have a great rest of your day, night, whatever. Bye.